0: for coming tonight. It's so fun to see so many faces and people I know and see weekly, but then people that I don't get to see weekly. So I'm Maureen, if you haven't gotten to, if we haven't met yet. But I'm going to uh, read just a few verses from Psalm 103. So I'd like you to bow your head and close your eyes and just kind of let God's word fall on your heart. We've all come from who knows where. And so I just... Settle our hearts before the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Lord, tonight I get the chance to bless you by remembering things you've done in my life, and it's really a privilege to do that. And I pray for all these women as they hear my stories that it would um, start a fire in their own heart to start keeping track, if they haven't yet, of stories that you're doing in their life. Because you call each one of us crowned with steadfast love and mercy. And so I pray that each woman here tonight no matter what's going on in her life, would actually be able to picture that crown of your steadfast love and mercy. And that crown we wear every day as your child. And I'm so grateful. Thank you, Lord, and just be blessed by what we talk about tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna give you the nutshell of how I came to know Jesus because that's just one of my many stories I wanna share tonight. Um, I grew up in a family that went to church every Sunday. I always loved God. I always believed that he was the way, the truth and the life. Um, The one thing I was lacking was any kind of Bible knowledge because I, I never owned a Bible until I was in college. My freshman year of college, I got my first Bible. And what happened was um, my freshman year I met a girl in crew who um, explained the gospel to me really simply. And I looked at her and I felt like I had never met anyone that probably had Jesus living inside of them. I really knew something was very different about Johanna. And so that night my roommate and I both gave our life to Christ and that was March of our freshman year of college. So let me go into a question now for you. Have you ever heard the term awe-amnesia? Awe-amnesia. It's when you get so used to seeing God work in and all around you that you actually don't see it anymore, and we become forgetful. Author Paul Tripp has a great book, and it's just called Awe. And he says that awe-amnesia actually eats away at our hearts like a spiritual cancer. So tonight, I get to shake up my own awe amnesia because I have it too. And I got to prepare this week and really think through stories. And uh, there were really good moments. I was telling Charlene there were, there were moments when I kind of took a deep dive too, um, a hard dive, you know, as you think about all that God has done in your life. And, but overall, the overall picture was it was really a privilege to do that. And so now it's a privilege to share it with you. So I'm going to start out with some of my favorite fun ones, fun stories. So now I'm jumping to January of my senior year of college. So I'd been a Christian for almost three years, and um, I was actually applying to come on staff with crew. So that's where I was in my walk with God. But I was a typical 18, 19-year-old person with not very many brain cells working. And it was January and I decided at 8 p.m. on a Friday night to jump in my car and go visit my friend at the U of I. Simple drive, I think it's I-74, something like that. What I didn't know about and hadn't really thought about, there was a whiteout blizzard happening and um, actually many of the roads were being shut down. (laughs) I didn't know, I just had a little green pinto and it was Friday night and so away I go. (laughs) So I'm halfway in between normal and champagne, and I hit black ice. Of course I was the only one on the road, too, which I thought was a little odd, (laughs) but um, my car spun around actually one, two, and then on the third time I went off into a ditch, and I remember the snow was so fluffy and so abundant (laughs) that it came all the way up on the hood of my car, and my taillights were like going up in the air. (laughs) I remember thinking, Lord, I'm really in trouble here. Um, I could freeze to death if you don't do something here for me. And so, but then I thought, but what is he going to do? Like, if somebody comes for me, they're probably going to kidnap me and kill me. So, (laughs) you know, my mind immediately went there. So um, it was quite scary, and I actually prayed for two uh, a senior citizen couple in a Cadillac <laughs> that would come and get me. <laughs> of course, they would be out in a white-out blizzard, you know. <laughs> so, no, that didn't happen. But pretty soon I saw two white lights coming, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I just have to get out of the car. So I got out of the car, and I climbed up to the interstate, and I waved my hands, and it was no Cadillac. It was a pickup truck with a man inside. <laughs> I was terrified. I was really terrified. So he pulls over and he goes, where are you going? And I said, well, I was going to U of I, but I probably should go home to Illinois State. And he said, I'll take you. I'm not going that way, but I'll take you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the end of my life. (laughs) I'm trying to go on staff with crew and this is really just going to end it all. So anyway. I get to the passenger's door and I open it up and I start stepping up into the truck and I see strewn across the whole dashboard, knowing God personally, gospel oh. booklets. <laughs> and I started crying. And he's in the driver's seat. He goes, I'm not going to hurt you. I promise I'm not going to hurt you. I'm crying with one leg up, you know, crying. And I start pointing to the booklets and pointing to me and pointing to the booklets and pointing to me. He goes, are you a Christian? I'm a Christian. And he was at home watching TV and the Lord said, go, I have a job for you. He ended up to be the, one of the elders in the church I went to, but I, I'd never met him. <laughs> so the Lord sent this man out in this whiteout blizzard, and I do think the interstate was probably closed after he got on to bring me home. And that, that was one of the first um, stories that just, you know, God just reached out of heaven and he said, You are mine. You are mine. I know you're afraid but you are mine. You know. So I, my next story is also about snow. I guess I had a thing about snow, but um, the blizzard of 78 in Indiana. Uh, now I'm a new staff girl. <laughs> That's what they called us girls back then. And um, <clears throat> our team had gone up to Northern Michigan to go skiing on a conference. And so driving back to Bloomington, Indiana, I was on staff at IU. Um, we just made a joyride out of it. Um, we didn't know about the weather, <laughs> there, there were no uh, cell phones back then and so we, we really made it fun at every fast food place like every 20 miles we stopped and one time we got french fries everybody in the car and the next time we all got milkshakes and then the next time we all got hamburgers and we just made it this really fun trip home from Michigan well all of a sudden we passed Kokomo and we're not quite to Indy and the, it, everything stopped I mean, there were semis everywhere, stopped, cars being, you know, drifted over. We're like, whoa, you know, (laughs) since we're still laughing. So we linked arms. There were were five of us, and we walked about a mile to the last little store we had seen, and it was um, Midway Truck Stop. Very small, smaller than this part of the room. And inside, you know, we're still laughing. We're like, oh, 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 this is so much fun. And um, (laughs) we opened the door, and it was jam-packed with truckers. And back in those days, you could smoke in the room of business, you know. So it's smoky. It's truckers. It's unhappy, really unhappy people. And we come in. (laughs) We've got our ski goggles on, and we're like, you know. and um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so... Anyway, I also had terrible bronchitis, terrible. So there was only one cook and one waitress, and the place was crazy. And um, so the women on our team started being the waitresses, (laughs) and the guys went back and became cooks. We were there for two nights. (laughs) And at first the truckers were all cussing and swearing at us and trying to pick us up and take us to their truck. (laughs) We, we, We just started sharing the gospel talking about what Jesus had done for us, what Jesus could do for them, and you know, and, um, and the whole atmosphere changed. I don't know, somewhere after that first night into the second day and second night, I actually was so sick, my trainer, Diane, asked if she and I could go lay down in one of the truckers' beds. That was a grand idea. <laughs> and, um, and so the trucker said, yeah, sure, and then they followed us out there, and she's going, I wasn't really thinking they were coming too, <laughs> so we climb into this putrid queen-size bed in the back of a truck, you know, behind the seats, and I'm just barely dying, coughing, and she laid there with her eyes straight on those two guys, and she never took her eyes off them. <laughs> anyway, we got out after the second night, and then um, we got stopped again and had to spend a night at a um, Red Cross shelter. So it took us three nights to get home from our little um, trip. Anyway, again the Lord kind of gave me that message of you are mine. You know, you don't know what's happening. You're buying french fries and milkshakes and hamburgers and I've got this white-eyed blizzard and I've got this packed room full of people that I want you guys to share the gospel with. And you are mine. One more fun story. Um, and it actually involves my daughter, Ashley, so (laughs) I was actually teaching one of the children's classes here at Covenant. It was probably about third graders like Molly and, um, you know, we lived on a, a, lower income being missionaries and, um, I'm learning that I, that brought a lot of shame to me. I don't know why, but it's probably tied to my growing up years. Um, and I always felt like I was in the less than group, you know, and so I was, I just always felt ashamed. So anyway, I'm teaching Sunday school, and blah, 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 I'm saying the whole lesson, but in my head, I'm really arguing with the Lord, because Ashley, as cute and beautiful as she always was, was sitting next to um, a doctor's daughter, who had a long velvet dress on, and beautiful shoes, and beautiful bow, and And I'm just fighting with God about this velvet dress. I'm just like, God, this is just so not fair. Carl and I are the ones who answered the call. Our kids don't need to be in the less than experience. And I was really fighting with him. Uh, But by the end, I was okay, and we had worked it out. Okay, so I pull up at my house, and I'm really not exaggerating. Carl says I always exaggerate, but this is really not. Um, ten minutes after I was inside I got a phone call on the little landline you know and it was someone from the church who had never called my house before and they were not in the less than group (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she said Maureen during the sermon I just couldn't stop thinking about you and I have in my trunk seven dresses that I was going to send to my niece that my daughter's outgrown but the Lord told me to give them to you like I don't want to offend you is that okay? And I was like, offend me? Are you kidding? <laughs> so I said, "Sure, great. Come on over again." She'd never been to my house. She pulls up, opens a trunk, and it wasn't just seven dresses in a box. It was seven dresses in dry cleaner bags. I mean, we don't even dry clean our own stuff. So I come in the house and Ashley's looking like Molly about her age. <laughs> And we start ripping open the dry cleaning bags, and they were beautiful cotton and colorful and flowery and, you know, lacy, and just one after the other. There was not an ugly dress in the bunch. The last one. I see it before we even rip it open. (laughs) And I start sobbing. And sweet little Ashley, I don't even know if you remember this, says don't you like it, mom? (laughs) And I said, Ashley, and I rip open the bag. I said, if you ever, for the rest of your life, doubt that God loves you, I always want you to remember the velvet dress. And it was more beautiful than the doctor's daughter's dress, (laughs) way more beautiful. It had a white lace collar and a pink satin sash. And I just looked at it today, it had pink satin roses And it was maroon velvet. It was, I mean, how did, you can't make this stuff up. You know, if you were an atheist and I told you this story, I mean, you might think I'm crazy. But it really happened, and it really happened just like I said it did, and I've still got the velvet dress at home. Um, So again, God stamped on my heart, you are mine. You are mine. You think you're in the less than bunch. You're mine. And I can bring seven dresses from heaven to your daughter. And I can bring you a velvet dress just to show you that I'm God and you're mine. And, yeah, amazing. I just never want to get over his love for me. Never, ever, ever, ever. So now for some harder stories. Um, I heard a quote Uh, pretty recently that god specializes in turning the ugliest thing in our lives into something beautiful no matter what it is he's going to make something beautiful from the ugliest the ugliest thing so 2016 was really a hard year for us Um, right off the bat my mom who was 86 and is in living in assisted living fell and broke her neck and um, she was on blood thinners so the paramedics all said it looked like a crime scene in there, you know, just blood everywhere. We learned later she was one centimeter away from being fully paralyzed. She's 86. Um, she was in L.A. at the time near my sister's house and of course they rushed her in the ambulance to the L.A. hospital that specializes in all that. And within hours um, my sister's calling me sobbing that they were screwing a halo onto her, you know, 86 year old lady screwing, um, into her body. And then, um, the next day they decided they were going to take her back into surgery and take the halo off because there would be no quality of life for her. And they were going to solder some bones together. <laughs> so my sister said, you know, she's not going to get out, make it out of surgery. You know that, right? And the doctor said, this is her only chance for any kind of life. The halo is just not going to work for her. So I was so mad at God. I was so mad. I just, I was like, she's 86. Really? Like, what is the purpose? What is the good? What, why? This innocent little old lady and going through all that trauma, that's a lot of trauma for any one of us. Well, she lived, she rehabbed, she worked hard, she walked again, she lived for two and a half more years. It was amazing. And in that two and a half years, he took the ugliest thing and he made it beautiful. And I believe she became a believer during that two and a half years. My sister had bought her a devotional book and I bought the same devotional book and I thought we could read the page together and talk about it on the phone. So I call her the first day and she goes, Oh, Maureen, um, I read the whole book. I couldn't stop. <laughs> 365 pages you, you read? <laughs> you couldn't stop? <laughs> and she said, well, yes. And, she, and then she goes on to say, I'm changed. You know. And so I had many trips to L.A. just to visit her and spend time with her and many conversations and just the sweetest conversations he took that ugly, ugly, awful moment, and he really brought beauty out of it. So that's 2016. Then that fall is when Carl was diagnosed the first time with cancer, uh, advanced aggressive prostate cancer, no symptoms, so it was a complete shock. Um, so those of you who have gotten a diagnosis like that, you know how it flips your whole world upside down. Um, Your life goes from, hey, let's go to Sam's, to daily, you know, chemo drugs, scans, blood work, infusions, shots, doctor appointments, radiation. He tried chemo, but he couldn't do it. He was allergic. Um, Cancer is so ugly. It's just so ugly. It throws you into this whole world that you don't want to be in, all these people prodding you and talking to you and sticking things in your arm and you don't want to be there. You want to be at Sam's like a normal person, you know, but it's this ugly world. But again, God, God made it beautiful. Um, for me, that whole year was pretty dark, but, uh, I wrote all through my journal, how he had become my oxygen. I I really felt like I couldn't even breathe unless I was in some way communing with him and thinking about him and praying and talking to him or reading the word. So he, he transformed our relationship that first dark year. Um, and it's my little phrase, he became my oxygen. And again, he's stamping on my heart, you are mine, you are mine, no matter what, no matter how ugly, this is so ugly, cancer didn't go away but you and I are something new and something even deeper and something beautiful. So then 2022 became our next season of um, sadness. Um, We, right off the bat, well, no, in March, we found ourselves in a messy, unexpected job transition within Crew. And I think for several months, we experienced every painful, um, terrible emotion possible. Um, And then just three days after that happened, I fell and sprained my right ankle and broke my left ankle. (laughs) So it was pretty bad. Those were some of the darkest days I think I've ever experienced. It just felt like loss loss on top of loss on top of loss on top of loss on top of loss. But with the love of my family and my church friends and a Christian therapist, I slowly inched through those months, um, really dark months. And I learned that God was redefining good for me. And I kept track of all the ways he was loving me when it was the darkest. Um, I learned that um, the way I had coped through life, was to become a professional pain avoider, is what my therapist told me. <laughs> she goes, you're really good at it. Um, and I learned that there was something called the U of trauma. And what it is, is um, you start out at one point and then something happens and you need to go through the whole U to come out of it. But in my life, I had become professional at jumping from the top to the other top and not going down into the pain or down into the the sadness or the suffering. So um, I learned, and I am learning, how to deal with that. And I'm learning that when I go down into the U now, Jesus is right there waiting for me, and he holds me. He holds me in the U at the bottom, the bottom of the U. And then he carries me when it's time. We go up to the other high point. Um, no more skipping for me you know it's just not a good way to live it's not a healthy way to live and um, so that was the beauty in some of that really really ugly horrible horrible stuff and again he stamped on my heart you are mine you are mine even when I I couldn't walk at all on either foot and um, our life was scrambled completely it just kept coming through you are mine So now, um, before Thanksgiving, it's still 2022. (laughs) After six years of being pretty stable, Carl's cancer uh, showed up in two bones. Um, And what followed was December and January full of radiation scans, biopsies, tests, doctor appointments, trips to Indy. But in the ugly, um, I was completely surprised because I noticed a really beautiful difference in me. I didn't have the usual physical and emotional and spiritual uh, symptoms of running from pain. You know, those are real, those are really, I I could name them all for you, what the symptoms are. We were completely surprised, but I was completely secure. And I felt completely secure. It's a beautiful thing. Even when the circumstances still are ugly, Um, it's a beautiful thing to be secure. So I'll close with one more story that happened in 2022. Um, I don't know why I'm always amazed that God is working behind the scenes. I don't know about you, but I'm always surprised, you know. And so um, the day before I broke my ankle, a little puppy was born in Cleveland. Okay, so keep that in mind. Um, We didn't have to get on any long waiting list. We didn't search papers and we didn't do any of that stuff. What happened was, uh, Carl had always wanted a puppy and I'd always said no because (laughs) we put our yellow lab down a few years ago and I told him I would never do that again. Never, never, never. So the Lord started saying to me, are you sure you want to keep saying no? Are you sure you want to keep saying no? And so finally I said to him, okay, okay. You want a puppy? We'll get a puppy. So um, I had heard of a friend's mother who was breeding um, doodles. And um, so I called her on a whim, on a whim. I said, I'm sure the whole litter is gone, but will there be another litter? Because we're interested now. And um, she said, well, funny you should call. Out of the whole bunch, one was left and was never sold. And She's the most exceptional of the whole bunch. And actually, we've sort of decided to keep her. But <laughs> last night, we prayed. <laughs> they were Christians. And, and we said, Lord, if a family calls and, and wants to buy this exceptional puppy, we'll do it. We'll give her up. We'll surrender her. <laughs> and I call on a whim the next day. <laughs> And um, so two days later, off to Cleveland, Carl and I go, which is so not like us, right? Like, even when we were looking at puppies, if it was more than an hour away, we said, oh no, 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 not worth it to go an hour for a puppy. We're driving five hours each way to Cleveland. (laughs) And we get little Josie. And Josie was actually bred with the ability to become a therapy dog. We haven't done any of the training to do that, but it's just she was bred that way. And isn't she sweet, little Josie? (laughs) She has been such a gift from the Lord in the midst of the ugly. It's something beautiful. We've got little Josie. So when you think about my stories, um, I want you to remember that the rest of our lives on earth, there's going to be ugly. There's always going to be ugly. But God specializes in making something beautiful in the ugly. And we got to open our eyes and look for it and watch for it and be aware of even what he's doing behind the scenes that we don't even know. I mean, that little pup was born the day before I broke my ankle. And they lovingly cared for her until I'm out of a cast and out of a boot and able to chase her. Um, so my theme that I kept repeating tonight was that um, it's like God is saying to me you are mine you are mine so what we want you to do is take one of these hearts off the table and bring it home and just ask the Lord what would be the little message you want me to remember you know maybe it's I'm forgiven or maybe it's I'm crowned with loving-kindness or maybe it's your special you I delight in you or or take mine you are mine I belong to you you know whatever your little messages from the Lord um, I want you to remember because because life is hard and ugly is coming and I want you to remember that there's also going to be beauty and he really really loves each one of us.